Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. At Merck Animal Health, we're shaping the future of animal health with pioneering science, connected technology, and insights-driven solutions to bring our customers an unparalleled portfolio of choices to improve cattle care and operational efficiency. We support you and your legacy by helping you meet the challenges of today with the innovations of tomorrow. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk, and uh, we're gonna get out the champagne, no, we're not. Anyway, we're celebrating. This is our 600th episode of Doc Talk. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're gonna talk about bovine respiratory disease. We're gonna talk about from before the calves get to the grow yard or the yard, preconditioning, processing, finding those sick calves, treatment and recovery. Thanks for joining us. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm glad you joined us today. Um, special day today, this is our 600th episode of Doc Talk. This has been a long-term business and uh, thanks to you for watching, thanks to our sponsors, and we're gonna talk a little more about some of our sponsors and, and special, the people have been with us throughout the entirety uh, as the show goes on, but just really, really appreciate it. We're gonna talk about something that I deal with every day, BRD, okay? Bovine respiratory disease, and we've done shows on it in the past and we've talked about those those shows um, and talked about these issues but I won't break it down into before they get to us when they get to the, the when we receive them uh, and process them finding sick cattle and then treatment and recovery pretty simple okay when we wean calves I don't think we quite understand what we ask our bovine uh, mama cows to do compared to what other industries ask their females to do in rearing the babies. You know, pigs are, sows are in a farrowing crate and, and they're separated from those piglets and the piglets nurse and, and they're in there for three weeks or, or whatever and moved on. Uh, dairy calves are, are removed the day that, that they're born. The fish are hatched from eggs in a hatchery and, and chickens are hatched in eggs. And, and here we go on the beef industry, we have these calves born out on the range out in in South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Texas. Uh, and what we say is, hey, um, by the way, not only do we want you to give birth to this calf, but do you mind uh, feeding it, uh, protecting it, helping it find shelter, and, and take complete care of this animal out in the elements for the next seven to eight months? And, and so it should be no surprise to us that when we go to separate the calf from the cow after we've asked that cow to do this work for us, that there's, there's some stress involved. So what are some of the things that, that we can do prior to that, that calf uh, being separated from the mother to, to decrease the stresses so that when it arrives at the feed yard, that, you know, there's two reasons why animals get sick. Either an overwhelming dose of a pathogen or a suppressed immune system. And most of the times in, in respiratory disease, we're talking about a multiple layer of stressors that decrease that calf's immune system and they get sick. And so anything that we can do, whether it's, it's making sure that that calf understands that food, feed comes from a bunk, how to drink out of a water tank, making sure that we immunize them prior to, to shipment, preconditioning, all right, preparing those calves for a change of address is vital. And so we can talk about fence line weaning, which when we look at fence line weaning, that's running the cows next to the calves 
uh, where they can communicate through the fence. Um, you know, if you do it only for three days, that's not long enough to make any difference in, in the outcome of weaning those calves when they get to the next place. Or if we do it too long for, for, for longer than 10 or 17 days, um, it, it, it's detrimental. That five to seven day window is, is really, really good. Nose flaps have not been really, really, uh, the two stage weaning with nose flaps hasn't shown a lot of promise uh, in, in decreasing the stress when we have that maternal separation. So either fence line wean or abrupt wean, making sure that we have great TLC, that we have good place for those calves to lay down, ample water supply, fresh feed, that we're going to immunize those based on whatever preconditioning program you want with the vaccinations so that they have those vaccinations because vaccinations take five to seven days before they become effective. Getting those calves vaccinated two weeks and then, a week, and, and then the day of weaning is vital to the success of an immunization program, helping prepare those calves to decrease the amount of stress when they get to the feed yard. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. DNA Dialogue is brought to you by Igenity Beef, powered by Neogen. I think there are very, very few slam dunks in the beef industry, right? There's always trade-offs to technologies, but the one technology that I don't think that there's any trade-off to is utilizing crossbreeding and generating heterosis in your herd. So this hybrid vigor that's created when we breed two separate breeds to one another, it gives us more pounds at the end of the day and it makes more productive females. So um, if we're not utilizing crossbreeding in our herd, we're leaving money on the table both in the calf crop um, so we're not generating the maximum amount of weight in a calf crop that we optimally would if we're crossbreeding. And the replacement females, that's where we get the biggest advantages of crossbreeding. We're definitely leaving money on the table there by not having that additional hybrid vigor that comes from a maternally um, derived cross of, of two separate breeds, right? So at the end of the day, if we're not utilizing crossbreeding, we're leaving money on the table um, through the absence of, of hybrid vigor in our herds. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and uh, thanks for joining us. Special day. Uh, 600 episodes is, I, I don't know, you know, 13, 14 years of doing this and, and there's been two or three of us uh, partners, three of us that have been here since the beginning. Uh, just fantastic uh, work atmosphere, uh, fantastic partnerships and we're very thankful for you, the viewers and our sponsors. Um, and we're going to talk more about the sponsors when we get to the third segment. But um, anyway, let's talk about bovine respiratory disease. And when we're talking about bovine respiratory disease, we're talking about those calves getting to us. And, and so things that, that we don't tend to think about are how we transport those calves. When we have lightweight calves and it's wintertime, making sure that we have trucks boarded, even bedding those calves um, to get them to, to the place that, that we're going to unload or, or the place we're going to receive them. When they do come to us, making sure that we use low stress cattle handling to bring those calves off the truck. And when we put them in a receiving pen, making sure that we have control of the environment. If it's hot, we put bedding down so those calves have a comfortable place to lay and it's not as hot. If it's wet and it's muddy, we might get the box blade out and make one lap around that pen just so we give those calves a dry place to lay down. And then we add bedding to it. 
but, but bedding in those pants, calf comfort is, is vitally important. How long are we going to wait to process those calves? My rule of thumb is for every hour they're on the truck, I give them an hour rest. I want those calves to rest. I want them to rehydrate because a calf that's hydrated, that's rested, the vaccine works. Delayed vaccination is not for me. And I hear a lot of people recommend delaying vaccination, uh, five days, 20 days, whatever. Um, I can tell you from our experience with bovine viral diarrhea being immunosuppressive, I want to vaccinate those calves as soon as possible. Uh, and, and, and obviously I'm giving them time to rehydrate and, and, and to rest so that the vaccine becomes an immunization. If they're preconditioned, they've already got it on board. Um, but, but as we think through this, it's, it's vitally important. Proper facilities, we've worked with Dr. Kip on many shows, um, proper facilities and great low stress cattle handling is imperative as we move those cattle from the receiving pen to the processing barn. In that receiving pen, great fresh water, hay, uh, feed, something that, that helps those calves replenish, rehydrate, reinvigorate. We're gonna work them very, very quietly and work with your veterinarian on a processing protocol. We have great vaccines, we have great dewormers, we have great steroid implants, all the above. The products are fantastic. And so putting together that program on arrival is, is easy to do and, and essential to the, to the success of those calves moving on. Once we take them out of that processing barn, we're gonna move those calves quietly to a home pen. And, and so some of the things that decrease morbidity is putting them in one load lots or one load pins so that we don't commingle again. And our data shows that when you put those pins together, if it takes us longer than a week or 10 days to put the pin together, we're gonna have issues. So if we buy 10 this week, 10 next week, 10 the next week, and we're constantly adding on that pin, we have cattle at different stages of respiratory disease, and that can create us some, some major issues. So planning the trip, planning the receiving of those calves, planning the processing, and planning your pin maps and how you're gonna stage those cattle are things that, that you can't manage through a bottle or through a needle in helping prevent bovine respiratory disease. When we come back, we're gonna talk about identifying sick calves in the pen. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and uh, it's a big day. Um, a lot of years of, of planning, a lot of years of processing, but we're on our 600th episode of, of Doc Talk. And we've had a couple of sponsors that have been with us from the very beginning. And one of them is Merck Animal Health, which we're very, very thankful. And the other one is Valley Vet Supply. And we're very, very thankful for them as well. And both of these groups have been tremendous sponsors. And they're the reason why we've been able to stay on the air and continue to bring Doc Talk to you either live on national TV or through the YouTube channel. And, and so for a celebration of the 600th episode, they're going to, for a limited time only, for the first 600 customers that place orders on Valley Vet Supplies website, they will have $10 off of any Merck purchases of $60 or more. And all you have to do is type in the code word DOCTALK, all caps, DOCTALK, one word, all caps, 
thank you to Merck, thank you to Valley Vet, thank you to you, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, we have many more episodes to come. So we're going to talk about bovine respiratory disease, and, and when we talk about respiratory disease, I want you to think about how we're going to find those calves. One of the techniques that we'll use is, is using hay. Cattle, new cattle crave hay. And, and the nutritionists will say that if cattle aren't eating one and a half percent of their body weight by a week and a half on feed, um, there's a respiratory issue bubbling in that pen. And, and so we're, we're wanting to stimulate appetite. We're wanting them to eat. And so one of the things I like to do, I love to put out great high quality grass hay. Calves go to it and they will consume it. It's also an easy way to pick out which calves aren't feeling well because calves that are sick don't eat and cattle that, are, that don't eat get sick. And so as I feed and everybody comes up except the two in the back, I've got an idea of two there. Um, another thing that we want to do is we want to acclimate the cattle to people. Cattle that aren't docile don't show clinical signs because they're scared of us. And so what we can do to work with that pen and kind of gently acclimate them to, to being used to us being in the pen and knowing that we're a caregiver, not a, not a two-legged coyote or predator, um, helps them decrease their, lower their shield, and all of a sudden they start showing clinical signs because they have trust in us. If they're wild, the time, we see, the time, the time that we see the clinical signs, a lot of times it's too late. So docility and acclimation are important. Now, what am I looking for? I'm looking for calves that are off by themselves. I'm looking for calves that are depressed, head down, sunken eyes. I look over that paralumbar fossa or in their side and see if they're gant, if they're anorexic and they've stopped eating, okay? Uh, those, are, those are some of those, if they have some stiff gait uh, to them. Locomotion scoring. I wanna make sure I get all the calves up. I wanna make sure none of them are lame. And then I want to ride through those calves and look through those calves to see, um, do they have a dry nose? Do they have sunken eyes? Do they have dropped ears? Do they have a depressed, uh, dull appearance? Uh, and then again, look at that side. If they're not eating, something's wrong with that calf, whether it's sick or whether there's some social adjustment within that pen, something that we need to take that calf to the chute and examine it. The last thing I'll say on this is, the sooner you pull a calf in the, in the disease episode or in the illness, the better chance you have for that animal to recover. Don't wait. When we have a calf that's sick, we want to get them in the chute. The earlier, if we have a severity score one versus severity score three, there's three times the likelihood that animal's going to uh, succeed with treatment and live than if we wait until they hit a severity score three. So good early pulls, uh, paying attention to the clinical signs, now we're going to get them to shoot and we're going to treat them and recover them. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and we just want to say thanks. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Thanks for being with us, uh, you know, over 13 years, 600 episodes. Uh, who would have thought? Um, we're very, very humbled. We're very thankful for our sponsors and we're very thankful for, for our team. We work hard and, and we hope that we're bringing something that brings value to you, the beef industry and, and beyond. We're talking about respiratory disease and we've identified the sick calves, okay? We found the sick calves out in the pen, so we're gonna bring them to the chute. And when we bring them to the chute, before I bring them to the chute, one thing I like to use is a pull ticket. 
And a pull ticket can be just a piece of paper. It can be a little notebook. It can be whatever. But I want to write down the calf when I pull it and why I pulled it. Because mainly for lame cattle. So if I pull a lame steer and I get it to the chute and I have 10 of them up there and I pull them and I put one in the chute and I'm like, huh, I can't diagnose lameness when it's standing there. I have to watch it move. So, so that helps clarify before they get there what, why I pulled animals and how severe I thought they were in a pen. Then I'm going to do a physical exam. And the physical exam is going to be taking a look at some of the same things I saw in the pen. I'm going to go up and look at the head. Do they have a dried nose? You know, when you got chapped lips, when you start to get a cold, calves get a chapped nose, okay? Their eyes will be sunken in because they're dehydrated. Uh, their head will be down and depressed. Ears will be dropped. Um, those are things I'm looking at at the, the head. Then as I work back along the body, I'm looking at, is that calf off feed? Is it slab-sided, gant? Um, and, and so I'm looking at the clinical signs. Now I'm going to take some measurements. And, and the one that, that if you're going to take anything, take a rectal temperature. And the normal rectal temperature or body temperature of a steer is 101.5 to 103.5. And when we start to approach over 103.5, now we're saying, okay, this animal. Now in the summertime, sometimes rectal temperatures or body temps will run a little bit hot because of the ambient temperature and the animal can't cool its body. But when we're in the fall and the winter, uh, generally speaking, we start to get in that 104, 105. We've, we've got a, a respiratory disease issue. If you want to make sure it's respiratory disease, one of the things we employ at PAC a lot is we do lung scores. And we will auscultate those lungs and we can hear uh, the lung sounds. So elevated rectal temp with lung sounds is a good indication that that animal has respiratory disease and needs to be treated. Once you have the case definition, clinical signs and, and supportive physical examination, your veterinarian should be providing you a treatment protocol. And, and that will be, for the most part, which antibiotics are we going to use to treat bovine respiratory disease. I can't stress enough of working with your veterinarian to develop clinical, uh, clinical definitions and treatment protocols so that you make sure that you're staying in, in lock sync with, with modern medicine and are able to go back and evaluate how are our treatments responding. We want 75 to 80% of the calves that we treat for respiratory disease to never come back for a second treatment. We want a case fatality rate to be between 5 and 10%. What's case fatality rate? Case fatality rate is the number of cattle treated that died divided by the total number of cattle treated. So we want 5 to 10% of the cattle that we treat or less to die of respiratory disease. If it starts to get higher, we're not pulling deep enough, we're not finding the sick cattle soon enough, uh, or maybe we need to change our regimen. But anyway, bovine respiratory disease, most common cause of death in cattle in the United States, something that we work to prevent every day, precondition, acclimate, animal husbandry, finding sick cattle soon, everything goes hand in hand. Thanks again to Merck Animal Health and Valley Vet uh, Supply for being sponsors of Doc Talk through 600 episodes. Thanks to our crew here. Thanks to you. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you want to find us on the web, you can find us at www.docdoctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with our crew at Doc Talk, and we'll see you down the road. At Merck Animal Health, we're shaping the future of animal health with pioneering science, connected technology, and insights-driven solutions to bring our customers an unparalleled portfolio of choices to improve cattle care and operational efficiency. 
We support you and your legacy by helping you meet the challenges of today with the innovations of tomorrow.